0: Chapter 1 of Isaac Bickerstaff This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Isaac Bickerstaff, Physician and Astrologer, by Richard Steele Chapter 1 The Staffian Race From my own apartment, May 4th, 1709 Of all the vanities under the sun, I confess that of being proud of one's birth is the greatest. At the same time, since in this unreasonable age, by the force of prevailing custom, which men have no hand, are imputed to them, and that I am used by some people as if Isaac Bickerstaff, though I write myself as was nobody to set the world bright in that particular i shall give you my genealogy as a kinsman of ours has sent it from the herald's office it is certain and observed by the wisest writers that there are women who are not nicely chaste and men not severally honest in all family therefore let those who may be apt to raise aspirations upon ours, please to give us impartial an account of their own, and we shall be satisfied. The business of heralds is a matter of so great nicety that, to avoid mistakes, I shall give you my cousin's letter, verbatim, without altering a syllable. Dear Cousin, Since you have been pleased to make yourself so famous by your ingenious writings, and some time ago by your learned predictions, since Patriarch, of immortal memory, is dead and gone, who, poetical as he was, could not understand his own poetry, and, philomathical as he was, could not read his own destiny, since the Pope, the King of France, and great parts of his court are either literally or metaphorically defunct, since, I say, these things are not foretold by any one, but yourself have come to pass after so surprising a manner. It is said, with no small concern, I see the original of the Staffing race, so little known in the world as it is at this time, for which reason as void your studies in astronomy, and the occult sciences. So. I, my mother, being a Welsh woman, dedicated mine to genealogy, particularly that of our family, which for its antiquity and number may challenge any in Great Britain. The Staffs are originally of Staffordshire, which took its name from them. The first that I find of the Staffs was one Jacob Staff, a famous and renowned astronomer, who, by Dorothy his wife, had issued seven sons Vickerstaff, Longstaff, Wigstaff, Quarter Staff, white Staff, Ballstaff, and Tipstaff. He also had a younger brother, who was twice married and had five sons Distaff, Pike Staff, Mopstaff, Broomstaff, and Staff of Staffs and that it is applied in itself to astronomy with great success, after the example of our aforesaid forefather. The descendants from Longstaff, the second son, were a rakish, disorderly sort of people, and rambled from one place to another, till in the time of Harry the Second, they settled in Kent, and were called long tales, from the long tales which were them as a punishment for the murder of Thomas A. Becket, as the legend says. They have been sought after by the ladies, but whether it be show their aversion to paupery or their love to miracles, I cannot say. The Wagstaff are a merry, thoughtless sort of people who have always been opinionated by their own wit. They have turned themselves mostly to poetry. This is the most numerous branch of our family and the poorest. The quarterstaffs are most of them prize-fighters or deer-stealers, and there have been so many of them hanged lately that there are few of that branch of our family left. Whitestaffs are all courtiers and have had very considerable places. They have been some of them of that strength and dexterity, and that five hundred of the ablest men in the kingdom have often tugged in vain to pull a staff out of their hands. The false staffs are strangely given to drinking. There are abundance of them and about London. And one thing that is very remarkable of this branch, and that is, there are just as many women as men in it. There was a wicked stick of wood in this name in Harry the Fourth's time, Sir John Falstaff. As for Tipstaff, the youngest son, he was an honest fellow. But his sons and his son's sons have all of them been the veriest rogues living. It. Is this unlucky branch has stalked the nation with that swarm of lawyers, attorneys, surgeons, and bailiffs? with which the nation is overrun. Tipstaff, being a seventh son, used to cure the king's evil, but his rascally descendant are so far from having that healing quality that, by a touch upon the shoulder, they give a man such an ill habit of body that he can never come abroad afterwards. This is all I know of the line of Jacobstaff. His younger brother Isaac said, as I told you before, had five sons and was married twice. His first wife was a staff, for they did not stand upon false heraldi in those days, by whom he had one son who, in process of time, being a schoolmaster and well-read in the Greek, called himself distaff or twice-staff. He was not very rich, so he put her in to trades, and the distaffs have ever since been employed in the woolen and linen manufacturers, except myself, who am a genealogist. Pickstaff, the eldest son by the second venture, was a man of business, a downright plotting fellow, and withful, so plain, that he became a proverb. Most of this family are at present in the army. Reggett was an unlucky boy, and used to tear his clothes in getting bird's nest, and was always playing with a tame bear kept by his father. Mopstaff fell in love with one of his father's maids, and used to help her to clean the house. Broomstaff was a chimney sweeper. The mopstaffs and broomstaffs, are naturally as civil people as ever went out of doors, but, alas, if they once got into little hands, they knocked down all before them. Pilgrimstaff ran away from his friends, and went strolling about the country, and Pipestaff was a whiner. These, two were the unlawful issue of Longstaff. The Canes, the Clubs, the cudgills, the wands the devil upon two sticks, and one bread that goes by the name of staff or life, are none of our relations. I am, dear cousin, your humble servant, D. Distaff from the Herald's Office, May 1st, 1709. End of chapter 1. Read by Elijah Fisher.